Hey everyone, I'm Blake Atwell and welcome into the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the show that covers all things Lakers with a blend of betting advice and analysis. Subscribe to the show on YouTube and drop a like on this video. If you're listening, please follow us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, wherever else you get your podcasts by searching the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast. And one more thing, you can also now find articles about all things purple and gold on my Substack under Blake Atwell. Now, let's talk some Lakers. So the Purple and Gold's Summer League squad took care of business last night in a 103-96 win over the Golden State Warriors. We went two for two on our Lakers best bets last night as the Lakers covered as two and a half point favorites on FanDuel, plus a player prop that I jumped on as soon as it uh, you know, came across my, uh, my dashboard, as soon as I saw it come to fruition, was Max Christie, he was plus 118 to score over 20 points. And just as he did in the uh, Lakers' first two summer league games over in the California Classic in Sacramento, Christie looked ridiculously good last night. Really, every second he was on the floor, scored 22 points, and that kept us in the green, you know, all green last night, 2-0. and And my advice in terms of uh, summer league, if you're looking to look for any value on Lakers bets is that if you see any Max Christie props at plus money out there, go for it. He's been that good in summer league where, you know, as long as it's not anything too crazy, if it's 20 plus points or so, and it's plus money, jump on that. Christie, he had a number of highlights last night, probably none bigger than that one-handed dunk he threw down in Jace Johnson's face, who's a seven footer. And Christie's progress from last season to this summer is just incredible to watch. And for a team in the Lakers that already has plenty of depth, Christie playing this well in the summer league just makes Darvin Ham's, Darvin Ham's job that much more difficult in terms of how he's going to divvy up minutes if, uh, you know, amongst the guard rotation, if Christie plays like this in training camp and into the preseason. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because Lakers lose Dennis Schroeder, bringing Gabe Vincent. If you can have somebody like Max Christie step up, it just gives you that much more depth around D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves, of course. Um, Rob Palenka, he did join the broadcast on ESPN last night, and he talked about a number of things, which I'll get to a little later in the show. But I want to focus on what he said about Max Christie here, which is that he put on 10 pounds of muscle, did Max Christie, and you know, that added strength is just giving Max, I think, a whole new dimension to his game at the NBA level. And you're seeing it in summer league, um, hitting on Christie and turning him into a success story like they did with Austin Reese. That would just be another tip in the cap for a Lakers scouting department and player development program that has just had hit after hit after hit, whether it be the first round, the second round, um, you know, they just, uh, are doing things well over there and they have for quite a few years now. And that really under this new CBA that is going to come into effect is going to be how you're going to be able to become, you know, a team that is in championship contention year in and year out. Yes. You're always going to have your Phoenix Suns that want to circumvent the rules and they're going to pay massive, massive penalties to have a bunch of stars and then a bunch of veteran minimum guys, but like, you know, three stars and then veteran minimum guys. And then even the, a fourth guy in terms of how much he's getting paid in Deandre Aiden. But uh, you know, in terms of building something sustainable, 
where if you don't win the championship, it's not game over because if the Suns don't win the championship, if teams like that under this new CBA don't win the championship, they're going to look like idiots. Right. And I think that that's what the CBA is trying to, to do is discourage the super team model. So how do you, you know, stay competitive? How can there be a San Antonio Spurs? How can there be a Lakers of the 2008, 2009-2010? How can you have teams that are sustainably really good that are in the finals? And it's 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 what the Warriors did, really, which is you draft well and you hit on your guys and you develop guys. And then you break the bank to, to bring in a, a star or something that comes available. That's another thing. But uh, I really think that under the, the new CBA, that is going to, as the years go on, that's going to separate the teams that are in contention every year versus the teams that are in and out of contention based on the stars that they get or can't get. It's going to be doing what the Lakers scouting department has done the last couple of years, which is hitting on these players, whether they're first round picks, second round picks, whatever the case may be. So definitely something to keep an eye on as the NBA continues to evolve and new rules come into effect. The bottom line here for Laker fans is that I think that the present and the future looks extremely bright, which is encouraging. Now, Max Christie, he wasn't the only Laker to turn heads last night. Cole Swider also had a good showing. He scored 19 points on 50% from the field, 62.5% from three. The six foot 11 Colin Castleton also showed out. He's been really solid in all of the Lakers summer league games so far. He had 13 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals last night. And I want to talk a little bit about Colin Castleton's strong play here for a second because him playing this well in all facets of the game as a passer um, within the pick and roll on defense, you know, scoring a little bit, I think it's something to watch because the Lakers reportedly, of course, are still on the hunt to add one more big. And I am confident, just like everybody else says, that follows the team, that they are going to sign a veteran big man. You know, maybe they bring back Tristan Thompson now that uh, Mo Bamba is is elsewhere. Um, but the pickings are slim, right? So if you bring in a veteran big guy, like, you know, I don't know how much he's going to be able to contribute. If it is a guy like Tristan Thompson, that may be more for like extreme emergency insurance policy. And then also a guy that's really good in the locker room that has championship experience. Um, but if you're able to, you know, call Castleton up as an option via his two-way contract that he did sign with the Lakers. That would just be a huge luxury. And another thing that Rob Palenka, going back to that broadcast interview that he did last night on ESPN, he talked about how he's spoken to Anthony Davis about going back to the two big model that the Lakers used to win the title in 2020, citing the Jackson Hayes signing from the summer. So with that in mind, the Lakers, they're going to take all the functional big men they can get because that title team, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, um, you know, those guys were really, really good the whole season and just gave the Lakers this ability along with Anthony Davis, of course, to just literally overpower teams with their size inside. So, you know, they have Jackson Hayes. They don't really have anybody else right now. <laughs> and you're going to bring in Tristan Thompson. I don't know that expecting that to turn out the way that the 2020 team turned out is really um, the the sort of, you know, smartest thing to, to, to look at it in terms of looking at it that way. I think that, you know, what you have to hope if you're a Laker fan is that maybe they are able to get miraculously, maybe Christian Wood just says, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to go to the vet minimum on a Lakers or a Miami Heat um, or another team that that is going to be in contention. Um, and if they can get somebody like that, great. But in lieu of that, if they have to bring in somebody like Tristan Thompson, you're going to need, if, if that is your goal, to be as big and overpowering and, and as lengthy 
and physical as you were in that 2020 season, you're going to need somebody like Colin Castleton, who you have on a two-way deal, um, to be able to play at the NBA level. So I just think that it is something to watch going forward, even if for whatever reason it doesn't work out this year, just sort of as they develop him going forward. He's clearly a guy that um, is not just, you know, a big guy that has no body control or whatever. Like he looks good on the court. He moves well for a guy his size. He can take it off the bounce. Uh, he's got good defensive in instincts. So a lot to offer there. You can see why the Lakers picked him up on a two-way deal. Jalen Hood Shafino moving on here. The Lakers first round pick, of course, I think had some nice plays on both sides of the ball last night. And he really has in all three of the summer league games, his defense and athleticism are traits that I think will help him make a good impression on Darvin Ham and the Lakers coaching staff. And he's already doing that in the summer league. One sequence in particular that I referenced in my game recap article on Substack last night was during the first quarter on a play where JHS picked off a pass and then created a scoring opportunity for the Lakers with an impressive one-handed bullet pass. And his commitment to both sides of the ball is impressive, especially for a first-round pick. You just don't see the same level of effort or really guys that are that well-conditioned from other first-round picks namely first-round picks that were picked uh, ahead of him. <laughs> so I think that that is an encouraging sign for the Lakers, and it speaks to why they went his direction and, and didn't go to the direction of a guy like Cam Whitmore that was still sitting on the board, who I knew a lot of Laker fans were um, sort of hoping that the Lakers would take once he fell. I think that Jalen Hunchefino has shown in these summer league games why the Lakers picked him at seventeen. The last young Laker that I want to mention here from last night is Maxwell Lewis. 40th overall pick, of course, a Lakers second round pick. I mean, he showcases athleticism in every summer league game. And a few plays that stood out to me last night were the two near poster dunks. I mean, either one of them being completed would have just been crazy. Didn't complete either of them, but almost dunked on Warrior defenders on two separate occasions throughout the game. And he's another young player that looks like he has a chance to develop nicely in the Lakers player development system and is somebody who already on the floor um, looks like he can be something in the NBA. So definitely another intriguing young uh, prospect to look at there for the Lakers. But lastly, before we end the show, I want to sort of talk outside of the summer league and mention a couple other of Lakers topics that I think are worth noting from last night's Rob Palenka interview that he did with ESPN. He said that he's going to let LeBron speak for himself on his future but then he enjoyed seeing his Instagram post about the free agent signings that the Lakers made. And it's worth noting, of course, that we haven't heard anything from LeBron about his future since those cryptic post-game comments a few months ago now. And the entire basketball world is assuming that he's coming back. Um, you know, I just think it is important to note for the sake of facts and accuracy that like he hasn't made anything official. I, like everybody else, think he's coming back, obviously. Um but I think the more sort of important question here, especially since we haven't heard anything is, is who knows like when he's coming back. And what I mean by that is what if he decides to sit out a portion of the season to rehab a uh, foot injury, something else that's going on Um, you know, we don't know yet. And we don't know how much LeBron we're going to see during the regular season, which makes it that much more crucial that the Lakers added depth in free agency because stretches of the season last year, especially when the Lakers were teetering around uh, not making the playoffs, especially 
once they like right after they made the Russell Westbrook trade, the Lakers depth guys like Dennis Schroeder, Troy Brown, guys that not that are not on the team anymore that, you know, guy like Troy Brown didn't even really play as the playoffs went on. But these are guys that did help the Lakers like win games um, during the regular season and keep them above water. So that when everybody came into the fold, the Vanderbilts, the Malik Beasley's, the D'Angelo Russell's of the world, you know, came into the fold. Um, you saw that, you know, uh, they were able to, to go on the run that they did and be arguably the best team in the league after the trade deadline, record-wise, best record in the West. And again, you know, they lost some of that depth, but then they replenished it um, and improved around the margins, which is important to note, especially where LeBron is going to be a year older. And, you know, obviously none of us know what what the future holds in terms of how much he's he's going to play. Um, and I think that, you know, that maybe wasn't the same question last year. We're going into the season last year. You knew, okay, you know, he was healthy going into the season and you knew that he was going to be around. We don't know right now what the situation is. We do know that the Lakers out of depth, that they re-signed their guys, um, Reese and Hachimura. So, you know, those are, and, and D'Lo, of course. So those are, uh, were good moves and are moves that, you know, if LeBron has to miss any substantial part of the season, if he doesn't join the team the first part of the season, whatever the case may be, um, you know, the Lakers can stay above water and, uh, you know, put themselves in better position because I do think that the Lakers would like home court, you know, they would not like to be the seventh seed and play teams that they are clearly better than on the road, right? Win a bunch of games in the regular season, you know, be in the seeds one through four, Put yourself in a good position to get to the postseason. And if you're LeBron, if you do miss time during the season, of course, you're sort of projecting that he's maybe doing that to save the gas for the postseason. So you just need to be in a good spot if you're the Lakers getting to that point. Um, speaking of, of the Lakers depth, Rob Palenka also discussed each of the signings in his interview, the new guys. Um, he mentioned Gabe Vincent's shot making, his mental toughness. Um, Cam Reddish and Torian Prince, he talked about their length. He talked about, um, you know, Torian Prince's ability as a three and D wing. And I think more just like the potential and the size that's there with Cam Reddish. And then they also talked about size with Jackson Hayes. Um, and that being a reason that they added those guys to the mix. And of course, Jackson Hayes, we talked about that a little earlier in the show here where, you know, he mentioned Rob Palinka did that. He talked to Anthony Davis about bringing in more size to try to put more size around him like they did in the season that they won the title. So Jackson Hayes is a, is a really good ad. And Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, these are guys that, you know, younger, um, not as veteran as a guy like Torian Prince. And, uh, you know, these are guys that maybe, you know, they, they don't have the experience that a game Vincent has of playing super well for long stretches of a season or, or a playoff run. Um, so you're sort of more betting on potential there. And clearly they think the potential is there. And the film with Jackson Hayes, you know, jumps off the page and maybe, you know, because he was a, a high draft pick, you know, maybe him being in a different situation that he was in and being in a, in a more contained role where his job is going to be to rim run and play good defense and catch lobs. You know, if he thrives in that role, then you could be looking at a JaVale McGee-esque guy that comes in and, and plays that well next to Anthony Davis. So, um, or, you know, behind Anthony Davis, we'll see. So those are all things to keep in mind. Um, 
I do think, you know, talking about the summer league, talking about the, the signings, talking about the re-signings, talking about LeBron's future, the biggest question mark, I think with the Lakers in terms of whether or not they're going to be able to win a title next year, because they definitely on paper have the talent um, and the camaraderie now. Um, it's really just the, the health of LeBron and AD, which, you know, captain obvious over here, but <laughs> like, it's true. You know, those guys need to be on the floor. If they're on the floor, Lakers are going to be really good, really hard to beat. Um, I think that if the Lakers can get the same injury free luck that they got for the most part, obviously LeBron dealing with, you know, nagging foot injury and other things, but um, you know, if they can get that same relatively injury free luck where you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the floor, in the playoffs, I see this Laker team at least making it to the NBA Finals. And with that, that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Blake Show Lakers betting podcast. Please subscribe and like our videos on YouTube under the Blake Show Lakers. Follow along wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and subscribe to my Substack for Lakers articles. I will see you next time.